The Dark Times is not intended for younglings, foundlings, or Padawan learners. Ask your Game Master's permission before listening. You see, since we're a small operation, we don't fall under the jurisdiction of Disney. So you're part of Lucasfilm, then? Not actually. Our operation is small enough not to be noticed, which is advantageous for everyone since our listeners are anxious to avoid attracting attention to themselves. Aren't you afraid Disney's going to find out about this little operation? Shut you down? It's always a danger. It looms like a shadow over everything we've done here. I've just made a deal that'll keep the dark times out of here forever. Welcome back to the Dark Times, a Saga Edition podcast. I'm Sam, your favorite Mandalorian bounty hunter on the hunt for Han Solo. Ooh, and I'm Steven, your favorite scruffy-looking nerf herder. You are a little scruffy-looking nerf herder, I'm a little scruffy-looking, it's true. Scruffier some days more than others, that's That's true. I need to to trim my beard. What is our topic this week, Steven? Well, we're actually blowing right through episode feedback because it's a busy app. We've had kind of a busy day between the two of us, IRL. Yeah, we've got bounty to cover, so no episode feedback. If you send us an email, get to you next week. Sorry. Rain check. <laughs> rain check on that email, huh? Rain, rain check. Check to check, check. And how about we check out the topic of this episode, Steve? Ooh, very good, Sam. Someone's been reading their podcast book. For segues. It's Gather Information Day. I don't know, folks, if you have a calendar at home, you check the calendar. What's it say? That's right. It's Gather Information Monday. <laughs> well, Wednesday for When you, this episode but. comes out, Yeah. <laughs> So some might say gather information makes ride look like use the force. It's often left by the wayside by GMs, and it's among the first on the chopping block when people make grand attempts to deflate Swissy's lesser used mechanics and skills. Uh, I'm here to tell you, dear listener and my dear Sam, gather information is awesome, actually, and I will tell you why. Listen up. It gives you a fill-in-as-you-go narrative structure to organize social encounters. It's a lot of big words. We'll break that down here in a sec. You know coloring books? You remember those? Uh, yeah, I've, I mean, other kids had them. I didn't. Uh, I wasn't so lucky. Okay. God, what, what did you have, huh? I, had, I could look at other kids' coloring books. Oh, nice. <laughs> Gather Information is your social encounter coloring book. It's very helpful if you're new to running intrigue plots or other stories where information is a vital commodity, and it forces the pace of your story to a slow roll. Other games call this downtime activities, or uh, if we want to talk about Pathfinder 2nd Edition again, like we always do, it's much more akin to an exploration activity in that system, if, if you happen to be familiar. They are called downtime activities in Blades in the Dark as well. Oh, very good. Very good. This is, yeah, think of the gather information skill is less of a skill, more of like a proto downtime activity, I think, before a lot of games were doing that. It's not a skill you're using in a chase sequence. No, (laughs) it's definitely not a skill you're using, like, in any sort of initiative track encounter, like virtually every other skill is. I think that's why it stands out as weird so much, because it, it works radically different from the other skills. But we as players and game masters only find things that we don't understand weird, Stephen. So it's let's. true. It's a very human instinct. It's fun. You, if you if you open your core rulebook and turn to the page for gather information, you actually notice that every gather information check takes one d six hours. And I can already hear the mob outside, Sam, in our Good Morning America style window. They've got their torches and their pitchforks. They are pissed. It's weird because there's no air out there. <laughs> we're in deep space. So I don't know how they're doing this, but they've done it. <laughs> Flight suits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
I know people don't like things in Saga Edition taking a, a random amount of time, like the, the astrogation school of thought that, that does not like Swissy's vanilla astrogation. I understand that. I, I understand wanting to cut down on that time. You can here too, though. If you're trained and gather information, you can have the time it takes by increasing the DC by 10. It's called Quick Intel. We'll get into it. So fun quirk I just learned from the core rulebook. So there, it mentions something called Quick Intel, as I said Increase the DC by 10 to half the time to gather information. The only mention of quick intel is described in that header on the gather information page. It's not listed with the actions, even though that that paragraph seems to imply that it should be. But it's also pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, enough said, Steven. Yeah, enough said. Moving on. So you can do quite a few things with gather information. And normally we encourage creativity with skills Gather information is one of those skills where you can kind of just roll with the predefined skill actions because you really want to stay inside the lines on your coloring book here, huh? huh? You like that extended <laughs> metaphor? I know you do. It's a callback. Ooh. Learn news and rumors. Major news stories and popular local rumors can be unearthed with a DC-10 gather information check. Learning the detailed, unclassified facts of a news story or determining the veracity of a rumor requires a DC-20 check and 50 credits in bribes. Um, small side note here, read more about it on the persuasion skill. You can actually use the persuasion skill in tandem with gather information to lower these bribes. Learn secret information. Secret information includes anything unavailable to the general public. Examples include a classified police report, a hidden location, military blueprints, installation security procedures, and computer access codes. Learning a piece of secret information typically requires a DC-25 check and 5,000 credits in bribes. However, information that's especially difficult to obtain, such as the technical blueprints of the Death Star, might require a DC-30 or higher skill check and cost 50,000 credits or more at the GM's discretion. Why didn't the Bothan Spynet just bribe someone? You took the words right out of my fucking mouth. <laughs> Only took 50k. Mon Mothma spends that in a week at dinner parties or whatever they do. <laughs> If the check fails by five or more, someone notices that you're asking questions and comes to investigate, arrest, or silence you. Hey, Sam, when I'm using the gather information skill, should I just have my players roll against that flat number and take their money and give them what they want without any pomp and circumstance? No, no, it's a fucking storytelling game. (laughs) I've seen people decry the skill is boring because all you do is take their money and give them info and roll What the heck, man? No, what you do is you introduce them to a Rodian character named Green Doug. <laughs> Whoa! I did not see Green Doug coming. Holy fuck. You don't know Green Doug? He's in the He's in the Galaxy of Doug source book, Steven. And his Doug friend, Doug Green. <laughs> Doug Green. <laughs> Sorry for completely derailing. Oh my god, you just exploded my frontal lobe all over the fucking walls of the studio. Green Doug. Well, Green Doug is that kind of guy. He's very on the down low. Yes, I've seen uh, criticism aimed at the skill that all you do is roll a die and take their money. No, Strawman. That's what you do. <laughs> I do it better because <laughs> I'm telling a story at my table. I'm using the coloring book. More on that later. Locate individual. Would it be a TTRPG if you didn't spend half your time just trying to find a guy to help you find the next guy? What's up with that? What's the deal with these tabletop games making you find a guy? I'm here to play a guy. (laughs) 
oh, we're on it this, this episode, <laughs> Sam. Way to call your shot before the fucking like 10 minutes in and you're saying we're on it. Oh, man. Locate individual. Make a gather information check to locate a specific individual, either someone you know by name or someone with the skill, item, or information you need. The DC of the check is 15 if the target is relatively easy to locate. If the target isn't well-known or has taken strides to conceal his or her presence and or activities, the DC is 25 and the information costs 500 credits in bribes. So let's see, what's a situation in the Star Wars universe that we've seen something like this take place? I was about to make one up. You can make one up. I had a few. Okay, cool. (laughs) I was thinking the party needs to break into an Imperial barricade and there's a super awesome, cool, fucked up encryption guarding the the door lock and they need to hire a slicer the best slicer and they uh, steven that happens in the last jedi <laughs> oh yeah it does i don't like it though yeah it, it's not well you know they tried <laughs> canto bite was a canto blight can't to with it can't to blight without it what, what were you gonna say I was going to say Book of Boba Fett, trying to find the Mandalorian. Oh, another masterpiece. Another masterpiece. <laughs> the, scene, the scene makes sense. Yes, yes. You can keep describing it. I interrupted you. No, that was it. That oh, was I didn't hear you. In the Book of Boba Fett, when they're trying to hire the Mandalorian as security. Oh, yeah. For Boba Fett's uh, palace or whatever. That's right. That's right. Where the, the extended first arc of that show where it's just hiring specialists. <laughs> And 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 Boba has to be explained that he can hire mercenaries. Boba's a gather information pro, Steven. So I don't think um, he rolled very high. <laughs> At least he got Machete. Yeah, Machete's great. You know, I, I'd always wanted the Machete Star Wars cameo, and I'm glad we got that. At least. <laughs> That's great. So let's pause here. We've got a few more skill actions to cover. Some ones I didn't actually know about until today. I I I, I don't know how I missed these, but that must mean that these will be doubly helpful. To our listeners who probably don't even know about their existence. Oh, certainly. A lot of people, a lot of criticism I see aimed at gather information is also that the skill doesn't encompass enough ways to find information. That mechanically, it doesn't help you say, why can't my hacker guy be good at gathering information using the gather information skill? It's, it's, a, it's a charisma skill. Why can't it be intelligence? Well, let me read from the book. Same line that tells us about 1d6 hours. Each gather information check represents 1d6 hours of time spent speaking to informants, scanning holonet news broadcasts, or perusing information kiosks. Gather information is not just going into the crowd and asking questions, being gregarious and curious. It represents any form of finding information that you can imagine. And charisma here, I would say, applies more to... Knowing, understanding the ins and outs of social hierarchy. Absolutely. It is manipulating and sailing along in a social network and yeah. not a Facebook per se, but more of the, <laughs> the web of relationships and information exchange that any society forms naturally, any gathering of individuals. You know, are you, are you familiar with the old adage about the knowing the difference between wisdom and charisma using tomatoes? Oh, yes, yes. So in this case... <laughs> Gather information is knowing how to find tomato recipes, whereas use computer would be downloading every single picture of a tomato <laughs> in a 10 mile radius. 
Exactly. And, you know, a used computer like built character can easily get information without using the gather information skill. It's a little bit of a classic Swissy misnomer where maybe you can use your slicing abilities to uncover an information cache. Maybe a different character, perhaps a, a noble, not a hacker, but a, a, a good handshaker manipulator face of the party can find out about that same cache of information stored on that server that the slicer got into by talking to other slicers or other individuals who are knowledgeable about it. It's this is not your only path to get sensitive information. Obviously it's just, it's the path made specifically to gather information. Yes. Yes. It's just the, the big neon sign Rodney left for all of us that was like, Hey GMs, if you aren't sure about how to distribute uh, special information to your party, here's a good outline to do it. It's not the only way. Not even close to the only way, but a good way? I think so. Now, there's a couple other skill actions here that are brought to us by additional books. The first one is called Analysis. You must be trained to use it, and it's uh, found sitting pretty in the Force Unleashed campaign guide. This book also has a few options for gather information, I believe. I think there is a feat informant, if I'm not mistaken. I think you can make gather information checks with your persuasion skill. That was off the top of my dome. Let's see if I was right. Survey says, oh, you're so close, Steven. It's called Informer, ah. and it lets you use your Perception modifier instead of your Persuasion modifier. Oh, that's cool, though. That is very cool. Yeah. Oh, I'd like to build that with a, a Foresight build, too. Oh, the, the fucking Professor X, like, you <laughs> using my... Exactly. Ooh, yeah, a Farseeing Informer. Informant would be would be fun. Farseeing build with... with um, Informer. Informer. And foresight. That's fun. That'd be a good, like, Narshada character, I think. That'd be really cool. Analysis. You can better assess the information obtained by yourself or others. Once per day, after accumulating data from previous gather information checks by yourself or others, you can make an additional gather information check to analyze the data. The base DC is 15, modified by the reliability of the data's source. Particularly complete data from a reliable source could grant a plus 10 competence bonus, while incomplete data from a questionable source might impart a minus 5 to minus 10 penalty from the skill check. A successful analysis check adds plus 10 to the final result of each of the original gather information checks, revealing any additional information that was available at the higher DC. This is cool. So when your party has finished gather information for the day, Mm -hmm. for the, the six hours, however long it was, you all come back to your shitty little flat that you've rented in, in, in the, the skylines of, of Narshada, and you start getting Pepe Silvia about it. You start <laughs> drawing connections. You have pictures pasted up onto the wall. You start seeing how these pieces of information form a broader tapestry. And let's say th- you as a player can't can't fucking figure it out for the life of you. No. Some of us are not meant to solve puzzles and are meant just to hit things yes, and roll dice. Exactly. Your GM gives you this chance to analyze, analyze, (laughs) (laughs) analyze, analyze the information you've received over these gather information checks. And there might be, I I can see this moment at the table so clearly where that retroactive plus 10 is crazy fucking retroactive bonus. That retroactive plus 10 bonus is applied to your shitty gather information check. And guess what? You had the clue all along. You realize you remember at the last minute that 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 Trandoshan you bribed to get the money was wearing a ring with a signet on it. And the signet is the one that you saw later in the nightclub and it ties it all together. That's where the missing girl is. It's always the signet ring. It's always every good ring. mystery has a fucking signet ring. I'm telling signet you. Signet right rings now. are cool. Signet rings are fucking sick. <laughs> if you're if you have a crime 
organization, why aren't she using signet rings? Like, come on. <laughs> all for all of our, our professional criminal listeners out there. The I'm Dawn. Just- <laughs> I love the dark times. <laughs> I sense. Oh, dude. I can't wait to get Sam Witwer on the show. <laughs> Darth Maul talking about how he loves the dark times. <laughs> we haven't heard back from Rod. <laughs> Next action is Find a Good Score. This is from the Scum and Villainy uh, book. and It's a good one. And must it can only be done if you're trained as well. Characters train and gather information can make a skill check to try and find profitable work. Oh, and get on Craigslist, you know, do a little. The base DC for this skill is equal to 10 plus the character's level. Success indicates the character finds profitable work, and the game master should use the job generator to create a job for the heroes to undertake. Everyone knows about the job generator from Scum and Villainy, right? You better. You better. We covered that years ago. I think we did, yeah. Like centuries ago. (laughs) Might be worth going over again. Additionally, success means the heroes gain an additional 10% of the normal credit payout for the job. Do you see, this is kind of a different, this is an S&V spiced up coloring book again. Now you have your whole layout in, in just a paragraph here. You've got your whole structure on how to get your criminal minded players party into some nice freelance work. I love this. This is about, you know, you. This is stars with that number. This is traveler. Like this is <laughs> this is the WEG. D- the whole of the WEG D6 Star Wars RPG from the 80s is this is this <laughs> paragraph. That's it right there. I hope I don't get hate for that one. <laughs> I, I love the idea of if you're doing a full like criminal underworld campaign, this is you gaining, doing jobs, getting yeah. more reputation, stuff like that. It's great. Getting <laughs> meeting up with Doug Green for yeah. another smuggling job. Don't don't even talk to me about Doug Purple. No one likes to know about Doug Purple. Fuck me. However, failing this check does not mean that the heroes fail to find work. Remember, it's never a no if they fail a check, right? Failing this check does not mean that the heroes fail to find work, only that they fail to find profitable work. Failing the check by five or less means that the heroes find a job at the normal pay rate. That's not so bad. Failing the check by six to ten points means that the heroes find a job but only gain 90% of the normal payout. That's a 10% penalty for those keeping track at home. Failing the check by ten or more means that the heroes fail to find a job. Finding a score Takes one hour. This is one of those things where you as the GM should not be clear about these DCs. Exactly. This Even though is, the players could figure that out don't, pretty easily. Don't do, don't do what I'm about to say. Don't do this. All right, players. Uh, we're going to use our find a good score application of the gather information skill. Um, well, looks like you rolled a... The number to beat is 15. Yep, the number to beat is 15 because that's your level plus 10. And oh, looks like you got it. You'll get 10% above the normal payout on this rolls D8. Smuggling mission. No, absolutely fucking not. You don't do any of that shit. You don't do that at all. You say, well, it looks like there's some job opportunities around here for those who know where to look. Green Doug sends his regards and he has take a, job a skilled for you. smuggler to gather information in this area to really find what the good work is at. Like get some suave in there, get some swag on it. Don't read the skill description. This is your coloring book. You don't describe the, you don't show off the empty coloring book before you fucking color it. Right. Hey, mom, mom, look, 
look, look, I, I drew SpongeBob. And your mom's like, mm. he's not, he's yellow, yeah. honey. Yeah. <laughs> like you haven't even put a crayon to didn't, paper you yet. You didn't color SpongeBob. You, yeah. you, are you stealing art now? Yeah. What you're doing? <laughs> the next uh, skill action is also from Scum and Villainy. It's called Identify. You can identify the salient features of an item by consulting experts. Examples include mysterious weaponry, artifacts, and other relics. Even though the knowledge skill can handle these functions, finding a person with the right kind of expertise can be tricky. Hence, knowing whom to ask can be a boon when saddled with an object of unknown origin. The great word choice in there. We Incredible got like three sense. words that I love. We got, we got hence, boon, and saddled. Who wrote this? Sterling, is that you? <laughs> Commonly known facts, such as identifying the item's function, requires a DC-20 gather information check. For every five points that you beat the DC by, you learn one additional fact or useful bit of info about the item. Identify is subject to the normal limitations on gather information. Some items are unidentifiable by making a skill check. So that's cool. Go log on to Ask Jeeves. <laughs> Be like, what is this medallion I found in this Sith tomb? <laughs> Finding an expert to identify an unknown item. This just sounds like fucking 5e. It's great. Whoa, 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 whoa. And Pathfinder. Okay. Get, big uh, big part of Pathfinder. It is a pretty big part of, but we yeah. like that stuff. Yeah, we identifying do. items is great. It is. It's 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 a nice little fucking I don't know a little little fun. Little, yeah, little. this is good if you're running an Afro style campaign. Ooh, yeah. What's the th- greeble? Or this? or let's say you're in the middle of a job for Green Doug and you betray him at the last second. You take the score for yourself. You open up the 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 big crate and what's inside crystals. You're like, I don't know what the fuck these crystals are. Better roll gather information. I like that. Thank you. That's how you get green Doug to turn into red Doug. Oh, you won't like him when he's angry. <laughs> we have a dog. <laughs> we have a dog. <laughs> I have a stormtroopers army. We have a Doug. Welcome back to the Doug times podcast. Finally. Wow. All right. Well, so that's the gather information skill. And I want to tell a little story about how I took this skill and made it fucking cool. It was actually during uh, the, the one of the time I ran the wanted live adventure. You remember when we featured that uh, a few episodes ago, really cool kind of cyberpunk story style adventure where you're chasing this enigmatic figure, Paul Verten. That's all, the one Paul yeah, Verten, all around okay, the galaxy. Yeah. And, and uh, there's, there's an interesting twist. Uh, there's something about Paul Verten that there's a couple things about the guy that he's that, a friend of green Doug. He's, <laughs> Is this our new GM Fiat? Being a friend, a friend of green Doug sounds like he smokes a lot of marijuana. (laughs) So years ago I had a a party that I was running saga for that wasn't that great, but this session in particular really stood out to me because I was running one of the live. We were having a great time and I had everyone make a gather information check. As everyone knows the first act or whatever of one of the live it, you open it up and it just says, have the party maker gather information check. Like that's all, that's the entire guidance that, that the, the adventure writer gave you for that first like third of the adventure. So that's like step one of making a sandwich being like baked bread. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) seriously. And I guess it's good instructions. If you've read all information on gather information wow, that's weird sentence and realize that there isn't much there Specifically, except a, a kind of a springboard for you to do your own shit as a game master. Really, the whole that's that's the saga edition conundrum right there. But I digress. I split the party off into their own little side scenes, little side stories, little vignettes, if you will. One of them, I believe it was the party. Um, he was a Deveronian. 
uh, I kind of pulled him aside into a, I had a lead, follow him into a kind of Blade Runner esque like ramen shop. And he had this lead. He, he rolled the lowest out of anyone. Good opportunity to do secret roles here with gather information as well. I had a lead that was a total, total red herring, total false lead. The player was a bit too forthcoming with what he was looking for to begin with. And this NPC was very malicious and saw an opportunity to make a quick score. So he was like, oh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Let's get a quick bite at my favorite restaurant, my treat. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about it. And he keeps milking this guy for info. And then the NPC pulls on him. Greedo style under the table. That might be Han style, but either way. <laughs> and I got to use the sleight of hands uh, stealth check. I got to roll his perception uh, as a reaction. And oh, it was so great. Best part player did not realize the gun had been pulled under the table and gets blasted. Uh, it eventually goes to fists. I think he, we get a right after he fails to notice the gun. He actually gets a successful disarmament. Probably the first successful disarmament. Yeah, that's history. so cool. It was a really, really cool bar fight. That uh, yeah, and he, he ended up killing the guy. And he 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 knew the reference, and he tossed a credit to the barkeep and said, "Sorry for the mess." <laughs> that's great. It was it was a really really excellent time. It was really oh, that's really cool. so good. And you know, simultaneously, I, I, I ran these as like these were like fifteen minutes each for for each player. We just went around the table. And luckily they were so entertaining. I actually managed to hold the attention of everyone for the whole time. Probably the last time I was able to do (laughs) something like that. Uh, Another player was, this was kind of the party face was led to a shop of curios by kind of a enigmatic stranger, someone who kind of had a relationship with Pulver 10 and an important hut to the story. She ended up kind of seeing the matrix a little bit. And I, I pointed out specific curios at different points in this little tourist trap shop and she was actually able to deduce with her gather information check how these objects were related to Paul Verten's interest and got clues to his whereabouts and motivations from these objects. They were certain artifacts that that were hints at to what the fuck Paul was getting up to. Paul. Paul <laughs> like Verten. Paul Verten. Paul Verten. Paul Verten sounds like a like a, a mafia low level thug. Seriously. <laughs> like Paul Vertical sounds like a Branson Reese character. <laughs> It'd be pole vertical. You're right. It would be pole (laughs) vertical. Oh, man. And another pair of players who I think they rolled kind of medium between the guy who got greedoed and the the girl who actually like got useful clues. They went on an impromptu bender with some strangers they met at a local bar, some of whom actually happened to be associates of Pulver 10 and hijinks subterfuge ensued. They ended up actually being found out by the very end. They let slip that they were working for Pulver 10's previous hut employer. And I actually managed to get a quick little combat encounter there with some overturned tables, spilled drinks, you know, the works. Yeah. Improvised weapons. Yeah. I think a failed jailbreak was in the mix somewhere in there. It was a, it was a good time. Well, that's awesome, Steven. Yeah, absolutely. That was a, it was something that it doesn't say to do that in the gather information skill, but it was something that kind of came about naturally out of my supreme game master instinct. No, it's, (laughs) It just seemed the right thing to do at the time because the party was splitting up to pursue these different leads. And honestly, it, it, I wish the book said, maybe now's the time to split up the party into a little, little bit of a Scooby-Doo moment. Gather information really is like plot hook the skill. It is plot hook the skill, which is why I think it's difficult to grapple with. I know I did it first. My first read through of the Coral book, I was like, okay, going to ignore that. I don't know what the <laughs> hell is going on over here. This isn't acrobatics or ride or... <laughs> 
or or use computers. This doesn't give me plus five to an attack. So what the fuck is the point? Exactly. <laughs> Which is great because it's a storytelling skill in a combat focused RPG. Great. That is really good, Steven. Thank well, you. Well, thank you for bringing that to us this week. I appreciate it. And hey, listener, if you've eschewed gather information, I know you fucking have. Give it another look. Consider how it fits into your story, into your game. Thank you. Love to hear how it goes at your next uh, session. Please. And if you have any stories like mine about how gather information improved your gameplay, please. I don't see the skill get nearly enough love. Astrogation, gather information, my, my poor redheaded stepchildren whom I love, who are hated unjustly. Dun, 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 dun. The Dark Times Podcast. You're in the break of the Dark Times Podcast. <laughs> the Ooh. Dark Times Podcast. Yeah. Welcome back to the break. Welcome yeah, to the break. Welcome back to the break. Um, tired, Sam. Sorry, buddy. No, it's okay. It's new new job. You know how it is. Well, we're happy for you. We, me and the Saga Edition community are happy for your new job. Thank you, Saga Edition community and Saga Sam. Saga Edition community. What are we, what, why are we here? What are we, oh, we're the break. We're here to yeah, thank the gotta, dear listeners, Stephen. Thank you, dear listeners. If there wasn't, if it wasn't for your sweet succulent ears for these sound waves to land upon then we would have no reason to speak them into these robot penises known as microphones. Can they tell that I'm on one today? <laughs> I hope so. I hope so too. I feel funnier than normal. You are. You're, a little, you're in your silly goofy era. I am my silly. Fuck me, man. And a very special thanks to our patrons. Seriously. I mean, not only do people tune in every week to love and listen to this, they also pay us money to do it. Some people, some, some of those patrons saw us, with like three episodes out and no jokes or swag. And we're like, yeah, I'll throw 10 bucks a month at that. <laughs> no jokes, no swag, no lightsabers. No, nothing. <laughs> Level one, non-heroic. Oh, no prestige classes. No prestige classes. No blaster pistol. Not even a, not even a bandolier. <laughs> not even a holster. <laughs> and they gave us plus two to our rolls. They aided us. They aided another when no one else would. Holy shit. That's, that's good. That's like t-shirt material. Speaking of t-shirts, our t-shirts are made of podcaster material. You can get one. If you go on our Patreon and subscribe for three months, they will ship you a shirt on the $10 tier, a sticker on the $5 tier. The $10 tier is entitled to a sticker. My dear friends, like I said, I got a new job. Kind of got some new people. Well, new person in my life, really. You know, the kind that, Takes up a lot of time, but it's it's worth it. And a fun. baby. A <laughs> <laughs> That's a new person, right? New person of the world. Yeah, no, that 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 does that does meet the criteria I said, but not not what I was going toward. You know, new car and just like my the winds of, baby. <laughs> the winds of change beat down heavily upon my sails. Let's just say that. Jesus. Oh, zenith, my zenith. <laughs> But yeah, we will get the sticker situation sorted out for those unfamiliar. Maybe it's your first time listening. Hey, how you doing? Patreon is boning us. No, they just have a, a web backend issue. They won't fix you. We can't add the, we literally cannot click to add the sticker to the tier. All it would take is one click and we can't do it because of something on their backend. They won't fix, which is fine because we'll fix it ourselves. I've never been one to wait around for other people to fix shit for me. Not a good use of your time in life. Just a little nugget of wisdom from your Steven Peven. I cannot keep my thoughts on the, on the straight here. Great. Thank you. Saga edition community. You have grown. God, the, the amount of activity on the discord, on the Reddit. I go on the Reddit after like not looking at it for a day or two. And there's like eight, 10 posts that I haven't read. 
When it used, I remember like two, three years ago, it was like one post a week. One if post we were lucky. a week. <laughs> and then I remember when it was one post a day and I was like, oh my, oh my God, whoa. And now it's just bumping the discord. It's new people all the time. I see every day almost on that discord. I see people coming in saying, hey, new to Saga, tell me what to do. And I'm like, fuck, that is so great from the bottom of my heart. If you're listening, thank you for loving Saga, for loving Star Wars, for loving the Dark Times podcast. Thank you keeping it real if you want to shout out on the show you can reach out and tell us about you know tell tell us that you were that you'd love the podcast that you told your friends about the podcast we'll shout you and your friends out your table even sometimes people will ask a question on the internet and link one of our episodes that shit's fucking insane thank you <laughs> yeah they'll be like hey you know this part here between where they were talking about green doug and between where <laughs> where they were talking about how cool Darth Maul is. Well, you're sick of Green Doug. He's my best friend. (laughs) (laughs) The part between we talked about Green Doug and Darth Maul, we had a really good part about gather information. Totally easily digestible for you to listen to. Yeah. This, uh, it's been a hell of a ride life through the span, the short, short span of the archives podcast. And you guys have continually made it worth it. Uh, at heights, I did not even believe possible. So thank you for listening. You guys have given us a great start to a very strange year in both of our lives. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't think so. I could have put it any better than that. So thank you again. Uh, enough pleasantries, Stephen. Let's get back. We have a bounty to suss oh. out. Stephen, you know what time it is. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, we got it. It's a built bounty. We got our build bounty. We've got your submissions on our podcast. Sam, kick us off. Kick us off. I will. For well, for Stephen, for those just now tuning in, what was this build bounty premise? The premise, the theme of this build bounty showcase was to build a member of a force tradition that was not a Jedi or a Sith. That was also level 12. <laughs> Thank you to everyone who submitted a non-traditional Force Tradition build for our Bounty Showcase. See what you cooked up. First up, Emmy Tarash, the Surging Cyclone, sent in by Zloy Krolik. Emmy Tarash was kidnapped by the Suyuki Dervishes as a very young girl after her parents contacted the Jedi about her Force potential. After 15 years of grueling training at a secret Suyuki training facility, she easily proved herself on her first mission, eliminating her target and disappearing before she could be traced. After two decades of service to the Suyuki Dervishes, she wanders the galaxy searching for new talent for the Suyuki Dervishes. Occasionally, she undertakes missions from the Suyuki Elders, but she now seeks an apprentice to train for her own. Cool. We are looking at a CL-12 Human Soldier 5, Jedi 2, Elite Trooper 1, Martial Arts Master 3, Melee Duelist 1. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing about uh, level 12 characters, Steven. Hmm. There's so many different classes in the system, huh? Right? <laughs> There's a lot of them. There's a lot of different combinations here. I love seeing shit like that. A couple highlights of this build are melee defense and surge. Melee defense from the core rulebook says when you use a standard action to make a melee attack, you can take a penalty of up to minus five in your attack roll and add the same number up to plus five as a dodge bonus to your reflex defense. This number may not exceed your base attack bonus. The changes to attack rolls and reflex defense last until the start of your next turn. Surge, from the core rulebook, is a force power that increases your speed and improves jump skill checks depending on your use the force check roll. These abilities are useful to help Emmy approach your targets with ease while avoiding fire. Rapid Strike, Fury, and Repelling Whirlwind. 
Rapid Strike, from, also from the core rulebook, says, When using a melee weapon with which you are proficient, you may make two strikes as a single attack against a single target. You take minus two on your attack roll, but deal plus one die of damage with a successful attack. Flurry from the Knights of the Old Republic campaign guide. When wielding only light weapons or lightsabers, you can make a flurry of attacks. You take a minus five penalty to your reflex defense, but you gain a plus two bonus on your melee attack rolls. This bonus on attacks and penalty to reflex defense apply until the start of your next turn. Repelling Whirlwind, the Suyugi Dervish talent tree from Jedi Academy Training Manual says, you gain a plus two circumstance bonus to your reflex defense against any target hit by your whirlwind attack until the start of your next turn. Emmy uses uh, combat gloves or a stunning gauntlet for hardier targets. Thank you so much, Lloyd. So cool. This reminds me of like, uh, I'm getting like Fremen vibes here. Yeah? Yeah. I'm not familiar with Fremen. From Dune. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, is Fremen like a food? Is it a scent? Like, what's Fremen? Fremen's not a man. It's He's a, a system. system. <laughs> Up next is Ezkor Im, the blind sage sent in by Lil Literalist. Ezkor Im was an aspiring recruit for Doran's military before a training accident deprived him of his eyesight. While waiting for his cybernetic eyes, Ez found himself opened up to the Force in ways that he barely understood. He sought out the Baron Doe sages and began studying the Force with them. Eventually, he became comfortable enough with the Force that he had his cybernetic eyes removed, allowing him greater mastery over his mystic powers. He is now in tune with the Force and able to function better than most sighted people. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I knew you'd like this one, Steven. Ezkorim is a CL-12, Keldor, Soldier 3, Jedi 5, Scoundrel 1, Force Adept 2, Elite Trooper 1. Man, the moment we we crank up these uh, these level caps to the prestige classes, they just become a whole fruit oh, yeah. salad. It's a fruit salad of classes. Steven, for this build, I want us to dig a little deeper and try and uh, just a little... A little excerpt to help us understand the blindness condition, how oh, okay. it works in Saga Edition. You know, it's a good build showcase submission when it comes with a small lecture <laughs> about a game mechanic. You should see the document. <laughs> a blinded creature can't see and takes a minus two penalty to their reflex defense, loses its dexterity bonus to their reflex defense, if any, moves at half speed, and takes a minus five penalty on perception checks. All opponents are considered to have total concealment to the blinded creature. All checks and actions that rely on vision, such as reading, fail automatically. Now, this is this one's a little complicated. Thank you, little literalist. Little literalist Stephen has taken a bunch of things to help turn mitigate a lot of the drawbacks of being blind for the character's sake, which I think is really cool. Other than just being like, oh yeah, they're they can see, but they're blind, like. <laughs> So we have Mercenary's Grit from Threats of the Galaxy. When you are affected by any debilitating condition, you can convert the condition's modifier from a penalty to a bonus for one round as a swift action. At the end of your next turn, move minus one step along the condition track. Any debilitating condition includes being down on the condition track, Stephen. Oh. Yes. This will be it's a surprise tool we'll use later. Knowledge and Defense from the Baron Doe Sage Talent Tree of from Jedi Academy Training Manual. You add your wisdom bonus to your reflex defense whenever your dexterity bonus would normally be denied to you. Since being blind makes you lose your dex bonus to reflex, knowledge and defense would always be active. Channel Vitality from the Mystic Talent Tree from Jedi Academy Training Manual it says, As such, you can fuel your mastery of the Force with your own vitality. As a swift action, you can move minus one step down the condition track to gain a temporary Force Point. This temporary Force Point lasts until the end of your turn, at which point it is lost if it has not been used. And Equilibrium from the Control Talent Tree from the Core Rulebook. 
As a swift action, you can spend a force point to remove all debilitating conditions affecting you and return to a normal state. Now, Ezcor M is a force wizard that typically uses telekinetic force powers while also dancing up and down the condition track. Lil Literalist has, in, has included some incredible explanation of using sense surroundings and a sidebar in the Jedi Academy training manual to make a blind character playable in Saga Edition, all of which are available in the description, obviously. I also wanted to include that Escorium carries a fire extinguisher, just in case. <laughs> I love the addition of the fire extinguisher. Fantastic work. Very interesting character. And definitely go take a look at what Lil Literalist has included in our description because it's worth the read, honestly. Very interesting uh, information drawn in here for this character. Thank you very much. We welcome back Iroh with another submission. Axel, the silver-tongued Jalshe. It's all caps, Axel. A-X-L. I like that. Very stylish. Axel was a student of the Jalshe from a noble family. The high-ranking members of the Jalshe predicted a bright future for him. His proficiency in the use of the Force could bring him to the top of their ranks, becoming one of the greatest mentors of all time. But Sometimes bad friends can lead to bad habits, and he became a gambling addict, losing favor in the eyes of the Jalshay's senior member and all the support from his family. Yikes. The only things he didn't lose? His shady friends and his great persuasion skills. Axel and his friends escape many bad situations thanks to his persuasion ability. Axel despises the use of violence except when it is absolutely necessary. In such a case, he'll ask his friends to teach someone a well-deserved lesson. <laughs> He didn't become a Jalshay leader, but he is climbing up in the shady activities business. His competitors seem paralyzed in fear and unable to act in front of him. Even the greatest Jedi masters could not foresee where this climb would lead. That was written, of course, by Iroh. Very cool backstory. Axel is a CL-12, Bith Noble 3, Scoundrel 3, Scout 1, Crime Lord 5. Isn't it interesting that Crime Lord and Elite Trooper seem to be the direction that people go when they're like, I can't use Sith Apprentice or Jedi Knight? Yeah, I was <laughs> I was really wondering because I, I didn't I, I'll admit it now. I think a few people may have guessed this. I didn't mean to exclude those classes when I first thought of this this showcase, but I'm really glad I did because I really wanted to see what would happen if we took out the two most obvious choices for this build showcase. And I think it really paid off. Elite Trooper and Crime Lord rearing their heads in the absence of Jedi Knight and Sith Apprentice, I could not have predicted, but it's 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 pretty juicy. It's delicious. Tells you a lot about those classes. Fluster, of course, is here, if you could not have guessed, from the Influence Talent Tree in the Kodor Campaign Guide. You get under an opponent's skin. Once per encounter, make a persuasion check to intimidate one creature within line of sight as a standard action. On a success... Instead of the normal effect of an Intimidate application of the Persuasion skill, the affected creature can take only a single swift action on its next turn. If the target's higher level than you, it gains a plus five bonus to its will defense against the Intimidate check. Fluster is a classic. I love it. Force Delay from the Jalshe Talent Tree, also from the Coder Campaign Guide. The Jalshe verbally startle opponents with a little help from the Force. Oh, like a like a Fusroda situation. Hey, remember Skyrim? <laughs> little hidden indie gem. Uh, hey, arrow to the knee. Am I right? Hey, where's my sweet roll? <laughs> <laughs> what if Bethesda did Kotor instead? Oh, it'd be way better. <laughs> Obviously. Once per encounter, you can make a persuasion check against the will defense of a target with an intelligence score of three or higher that can understand you as a reaction. If successful, the target loses its move action on its next turn. If you choose to spend a force point, 
the target instead loses its standard action. Do you see where this build is going, Sam? Oh, yeah, I do. Impal Ally 2 from the Mastermind Talent Tree in the Core Rulebook. You can spend two swift actions to grant one ally the ability to take a standard or move action. The ally must move immediately on your turn before you do anything else or else the opportunity is wasted. You're taking actions and giving them to your buds. Yeah, it's controlling the action economy, Stephen. This is what all TTRPGs are about. It's the chessboard approach to the Crime Lord class. I love it. Master's Orders, also from the Mastermind Talent Tree under the Unknown Regions Sourcebook. When an ally uses an action granted to him or her by you, the ally can re-roll any attacker check made during that action, taking the better result. I don't think I knew about that one. That's a that's pretty a good really, one. That's a bitch in talent. And if you're already getting Impel Ally 2, it's one and two are the prereqs for that one, so yep. there's no point not taking it. Might as well if you've got the levels for it. This build focuses on shutting down the enemy's action economy while giving party members bonus actions with re-rolls included. It's beautiful. It's elegant. It's Axel. <laughs> Thank you, Ira. Good for the commercial for <laughs> Death by Axel. Damn. Ben uh, was kind enough to send us Selkath, the leader of the Rancor Wardens. Nice. Now, this is not the species Selkath. This the character's is, name is Selkath. The character's name is Selkath. Okay, good Good to know. Be on the lookout for the Night Sister Selkath. She was one of the few Night Sisters that survived Dooku's purge. Being young, she didn't partake in the battle and fled with a young Rancor. Now she hunts down any non-Dathomiri, brutally killing anyone that does not follow the witch's traditions. She has recruited others that have been hurt by outsiders and actively works to breed better Rancor. Believing it is her duty to keep Dathomir free, she does not hesitate to steal other witch tribes' Rancors if she cannot peacefully trade for them. She is constantly looking to improve her herd and recruit talented witches so that the Rancor Wardens can become powerful enough to stop the next attack she believes to be coming. The CL-12 Near Human, Noble 5, Soldier 1, Scoundrel 1, Crime Lord 4, Force Adept 1. We've got Charm Beast from the Dathomiri Witch Talent Tree from the Core Rulebook. You may use a Use the Force check in place of a Persuasion check when attempting to change the attitude of an undomesticated creature with an intelligence of 2 or less. Additionally, you do not take minus 5 penalty on the check if the creature can't speak or understand your language. We also have Command Beast from the Dathomiri Witch Talent Tree. Whenever you manage to shift the attitude of a beast to indifferent or friendly, you may treat that creature as a domesticated animal, but only for you. It remains undomesticated in its response to other creatures. Additionally, you may use this beast as a mount as per the ride skill, provided that it is at least one size category larger than you and has a comfortable place for you to sit. Ride skill supremacy. Let's fucking go. We got a ride build and a build showcase, Sam. Can you believe it? So great. I'm so glad. Trample from the Unknown Region Sourcebook. When you use the mounted charge action, your mount can make a single melee attack as a free action. While charging, compare the result to the reflex defense of each enemy whose square you charge through. Each enemy hit by the attack takes claw, gore, or slam damage from the mount's natural weapons plus the mount's strength modifier. You or your mount can still make a regular attack at the end of the charge. That is insane for a Rancor, considering how big they are. I would never give a player a fucking Rancor, are you kidding me? (laughs) But Boba Fett has one! But Boba Fett has one, Steven. Boba Fett's got a lot of things. Let's just <laughs> let's just leave it at that. We've also got Adept Spellcaster from the Dathomiri Witch Talent Tree. You may use any force power that normally requires a swift action, move action, or standard action as a full round action instead. If you choose to do so, you may re-roll your use the force check to activate that power, but you must accept the result of the re-roll, even if it's worse. 
Lastly, Assured Skill, use the Force from the Superior Skills Talent Tree from Galaxy of Intrigue. When you select this talent, choose one skill. Whenever you roll a skill check with that skill, you can choose to lose any competence bonus to that skill check and instead roll twice, keeping either result. You can select this talent multiple times. Each time you do so, you must choose a different skill to gain the benefits of this talent. Incredible. There's everything that you need for... I mean, the Death of Miri already have cool... They just take the the monster, the beast riding to the best next level. Seriously. And it's really cool to see it really come into its own in, in a build. This is like my ideal, like one shot build. Oh, right absolutely. Like, this, this is a total one shot character. I, I love <laughs> the Rancor's got to wait outside, buddy. Like you can't bring it in. <laughs> we don't serve his kind here. And then the, the real ones <laughs> always include something from the superior skills talent tree because that talent tree probably should not exist, but it's really, really cool. And last, but certainly not least, Tsuyoshi Kensu with Shay Peshifta? Shay Peshifta. With Shay Peshifta. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Claudite Spy. And of course, in, in classic Sue style, they've included a, a narrative style summary to accompany the character. Here it is. ISB wished to establish an agent within the Drathos organization known as the Kitail. Hey, that's probably right, right? Kitail, maybe? Kitail, yeah. Known as the Kitail. Infiltrating any force user organization is difficult, but in this case, the Drathos' natural telepathic abilities complicated matters even further. The choice was thus made to deploy an incredibly valuable resource, a force-sensitive Claudite, birth name Shea Peshifta. <laughs> so fucking funny. The agent embedded successfully and began to document the abilities and disposition of the Kitail. It has now been 10 standard days since the agent's last contact with us, and they have missed three scheduled transmissions since then. As there has been no news whatsoever of an agent within the Kitail being discovered, we are forced to assume that Shea Peshifta has gone rogue. The severity of the situation cannot be overstated. Shea Peshifta is a master of disguise, forgery, and impersonation, and we have no knowledge of her current identities. We do not know where she is, what she wants, or where she is going. Data on her background and personality is extremely limited, even my own analysis of her small art collection has revealed little beyond its desire to remain guarded and distant from others. She has detailed knowledge of the ISB operations and procedures and could easily replace anyone at any moment. Only a genetic test will reveal her true nature. She may have well found a way to overcome even that obstacle by now. Really, really creative take on the prompt, Sue, by having them being a rogue sleeper agent for a forced tradition. That is really neat. Shay is a CL-12, Claudite, Jedi-1, Noble-6, Scout-3, Charlatan-1, love seeing Charlatan make an appearance, Scoundrel-1. Disgraced from the Rebellion-era campaign guide background, once you were respected, possibly even in a position of authority, but you were disgraced and lost the standing you had worked so hard to achieve. Perhaps you were a high-ranking member of the Incom Corp, who was humiliated when the X-Wing design team defected the Rebellion, or a prominent community leader or bureaucrat who lost all authority when the Imperial Inquisitors falsely accused you of harboring a Jedi. As a result of you being disgraced, you have learned to hide your true identity from others, and you treat any attempt to create a deceptive appearance for yourself as one step simpler. Thus, when you try to disguise yourself with difficult deception, you instead treat it as a moderate deception. That's Shape very important here. For very, this very important here. Shapeshift, the Claudite species traits. Claudites are shape changers and can alter their appearance at will. See the deception skill. While shapeshifted, a Claudite gains a plus 10 species bonus on deception checks made to disguise appearance. Additionally, a Claudite can disguise its appearance as a full round action at no penalty. 
Conceal Force Use from the Telltale Talent Tree, the Coder Campaign Guide. You have learned to use the Force without telltale gestures, reducing the disturbances created in the process. Whenever you make a Use the Force check as a swift action, you can make a deception check to convey deceptive appearances in order to conceal the effects of your Use the Force Use. Say that ten times fast. Use the Force Use. <laughs> Normal modifiers for the deception complexity still apply. Sue has done some amazing work here, and Shay's deception modifier to impersonate another being adds up to a whopping plus 41. That is impressive, to say the least. Thank you, Sue, and thank you to everyone who submitted a build. You will find these on the Patreon tonight, right now, and if you are a patron, you can get on there and vote. You must be part of either the 5 or $10 tiers to vote in the bounty. Select your favorite. The winner will be the winner. <laughs> and fear not the builds will also be in a google drive link in the description for everyone to enjoy yes anyone and everyone can enjoy them put them in your game make your new character based off of one of them they're there to inspire and to uh and enjoy really the uh, whole point of the bounty steven whole point of the bounty is to generate a fuck ton of cool npcs and i've heard i've seen online here and there people uh reach their hands into that bucket and pull out juicy morsels Every now and then, it's a, a really, really cool thing. <laughs> a juicy little Force-sensitive morsel. <laughs> Voting will be on the Patreon until Sunday, February 5th, 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. That is two weeks from now, or two two Sundays from now. Uh, voting will close at that time, and our winner will be announced on that week's episode. And you could be, if say if you're not a patron, you really want to vote. Maybe you want to vote for your own build. Who knows? You can get on there right now at any point before the poll closes and vote and also have access to the myriad of other goodies we have on there Yeah, at either the five or ten dollar tiers. But hey, you're already five dollars in two more months. You get a sticker or two more months. You get a T-shirt. I can't it. tell you what to do with your money. <laughs> I can only ask. I can only ask. <laughs> Just another thank you to everyone who submitted a build for our bounty. The first one of the new year. And I think it was Awesome. So cool to see your guys. I think the Force Traditions are such an awesome realm for your creativity to just run rampant, and you guys did it. Congratulations. Uh, may the best build win. But we're happy to just showcase them all because, in our eyes, that's Sam and I. They're, they're all, all winners. winners. <laughs> do you have any trivia for us this week? I do. Uh, did you know an early draft for Yoda's full name was Minch Yoda? Minch? Minch. Like M I N C H, yeah, like just like that. And then they not Mitch, no, Mitch no, not Mitch. <laughs> that's that's Green Doug's friend, Mitch Yoda. <laughs> the name Minch was later reused in Star Wars Tales sixteen, a two thousand three Dark Horse comic for the name of 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 that. There was a there was a there was a Yoda guy in it. Another Yoda a, species yeah, character a, named a, a, Minch, a tridactyl. If you Mitch Yoda sounds like Yoda, but he wears like a flannel, right? <laughs> The Dark Times is produced by me, Sam. Steven's my co-host. You can reach out to us on Twitter at DarkTimesSWSE or email us DarkTimesSWSE at gmail.com. Review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your shows. Join the Patreon using the support the show link in the description for three months to get either a sticker or a t-shirt or just to vote in the bounty and check out all the cool stuff we've got going up there. Dark Times module is on its way. Keep an eye out. Tell a friend about the show. Told us you told a friend about the show. We'll chat you on the show. Steven, you have a quote for us this week? Size matters not. <laughs> Judge me by my size, do you? <laughs> uh, night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Hey.
though. Size matters. So Minch actually says that in the comic. Size matters not. Yeah, yeah, because the, the dark Jedi he's fighting says, like, oh, you're so short and angry. And he's like, more so, like dork Jedi. <laughs> and Minch's like, size matters not. I'm not owned. I'm not owned. Owned, I am not. Owned, owned I, am I am not. not. Transform into corn cob. <laughs> I am. I don't gather information. I'm a friend of Green Doug. <laughs> Amazing. That's going at the end of the episode Good. for sure. I'm glad.